Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday, November 10th, to welcome a guest to the podcast. Today we have reading for us Miss Sarah Jackson. Sarah and her husband David and their family have been at Mount Brook Baptist for over 50 years, and I'll let her tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the podcast. Thank you, Sarah, for reading for us today. Thank you for having me. We're going to be reading today from Mark 6, 30 through 56 from the New International Version. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had a compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over... They landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the hem of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. And now we turn to the Psalms. Psalm 74. O God, why have you rejected us forever? Why does your anger smolder against the sheep of your pasture? 
Remember the nation that you purchased long ago, the people of your inheritance whom you redeemed, Mount Zion where you dwelt. Turn your steps toward these everlasting ruins, all this destruction the enemy has brought upon the sanctuary. Your foes roared in the place where you met with us. They set up their standards as signs. They behaved like men wielding axes to cut through a thicket of trees. They smashed all the carved paneling with their axes and hatchets. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the dwelling place of your name. They said in their hearts, We will crush them completely. They burned every place where God was worshipped in the land. We are given no signs from God, no prophets are left, and none of us knows how long this will be. How long will the enemy mock you, God? Will the foe revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the folds of your garment and destroy them. But God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on the earth. It was you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of the Leviathan and gave it as food to the creatures of the desert. It was you who opened up springs and streams. You dried up the ever-flowing rivers. The day is yours, and yours is also the night. You established the sun and the moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Remember how the enemy has mocked you, Lord, how foolish people have reviled your name. Do not hand over the life of your dove to wild beasts. Do not forget the lives of your afflicted people forever. Have regard for your covenant, because haunts of violence fill the dark places of the land. Do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. May the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. Do not ignore the clamor of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies, which rises continuously. Thank you, Miss Sarah, for joining the podcast and for reading so beautifully for us. I want to hear a little bit about you. Tell me about your family and also where you grew up. Thank you for having me. Uh, I came from a large family. I was born in Sylacauga and lived there for the first nine years and then moved to Tuscaloosa and lived there until I got married. My family was very devoutly Christian. My mother and father had us at church every time the door was open and encouraged me to do junior memory drill and the intermediate sword drill, which involved memorizing a large amount of scripture. And believe it or not, all these years later, these scriptures have come back to mean so much to me. It really was a blessing. And I thank them for it because I know it was tedious for them to listen over and over and over again. There were five children in my family. We were all very close. I'm the last survivor, and I miss them very much. I met David in high school. We were both from Tuscaloosa. We started dating in college, both graduated from the University of Alabama, and married when he was a sophomore in medical college here in Birmingham. We've lived here off and on for 63 years, served some in the Navy, then a residency in Boston, then moved back to Birmingham. And when we moved back with our two little girls, we started coming to Mount Brook Baptist Church because my brother was a member of this church originally. David was a devout Presbyterian, and 
It took 20 years of attending church before he decided that he could be rebaptized into the Baptist church and has been very happy since then because he said that the service at the Baptist church now is just like the Presbyterian church, so it's just fine. <laughs> Tell me a little more about David and his profession. We married in medical school, and he finished in medical school, interned. We went, spent three years in the Navy, and I thought those three years would be wonderful. He'd be home at five o'clock. He didn't come home at five o'clock. He was at research and kept doing it, and I realized if he dug ditches for a living, he would go back after supper and finish to the end of the block. After Navy, we went to Boston for his residency in internal medicine, came back to UAB for his fellowship in cardiology. He was on the faculty there for a few years and then went into private practice. When David went in private practice, I worked part-time in his office. I would go down and do books and fill in and do that sort of thing. And I learned a lot by observing patients coming in, and I learned a lot about my husband and realized that the relationship between his patients and him was really close, that he genuinely cared deeply about his patients, and it made me appreciate the hard work he had put in and a little more tolerant of the 16-hour days that he was putting in. And this has meant a lot. It's sometimes frustrating and sometimes irritating, but talking to his patients on the phone when they called in and made me realize that I was very fortunate. I was blessed by a lot of things, and among them, uh, my husband. Tell me a little bit more about your daughters. I have two daughters. Susan is the older. She graduated from law school and then got a degree in hospital management and did that for several years and then came home and is now working at Empower at the moment and loves teaching, surprisingly enough, which is what I told her she ought to go into to begin with. Sarah Lynn is an accountant and is married to John Keith, and they have one child, John, who's a delightful, delightful soul, who's doing very well. He's at the university. So our family, even though it's shrunk to six, we used to have 28 and 30 for Christmas, and we now have six, but it's still cohesive, and we all love each other. What did you study in college, and then what was your profession? I graduated with a degree in history and taught school while David is in medical school. Taught junior high school, and all junior high school teachers ought to be awarded sainthood. <laughs> uh, and then since we moved, when he moved to Boston in his residency, I've been at home uh, ever since then. Okay, Sarah, I would like to hear a little bit about your personality. What are you like? I'm fairly easygoing, but I am chronically late. I love to read. That's probably my favorite thing to do. I used to sew, and I used to garden, but I haven't done much sewing lately, and we moved into a condo, so my gardening is not is confined to pots and things on the deck. I like pot gardening myself. <laughs> Tell me about what you're reading right now, something that you might commend to us. I read a book that I really, really enjoyed and made you think a lot. It's called An Immense World by Ed Young, Y-O-N-G. And it makes you think that our comprehension of God is so small, we have no idea 
of the immense power, the immense scope of his creation, even the creations that we can see. We do not understand everything that's going on in our world. Tell me a little bit about what the book discusses. It discusses different animals' senses of sight. Some animals can see colors that we cannot see. Some animals can hear things that we cannot hear. Bird songs that sound repetitive to us actually have different syllables that the birds can understand and communicate with each other. Whales can hear each other across the Atlantic Ocean. This to me is just absolutely amazing. And we can see these big things, but it also starts making you think, how about all the cells in our body? How are they communicating into the smallest little particle? And it really makes you awestruck and realize that we are so small, but so special. Sarah, you mentioned having some 28, 30 people come to celebrations at your house. I'm thinking about Thanksgiving coming up. Tell me a little bit about how those family gatherings went. Did you cook all the food? Yeah, I cooked all the food. The gathering usually happened at Christmas rather than Thanksgiving. But we had a decent-sized food. We had about 12 for Thanksgiving, but Christmas for years was a big gathering because our house was central. And so we would have 20 to 30 people spending anywhere from three to five days in the house. David retreated to the bedroom and shut the door (laughs) because he only had one brother. I had lots of family who had lots of children. And so we all gathered and had a wonderful time. This was while my mother was still alive. We always got games for Christmas and That was a tradition. We all sat down and played games. That was the only time that some of my family ever played games, but some of us still love to do it now. What were some of the games that you guys played around the table? Oh, we played Monopoly. We played, when the children were little, we played Operation. We played Battleship. Tell me why you love the Christmas Eve service. There's something about the, the music the whole experience of a church full of people remembering why we gather and what we're there for. And it's somehow a spirit of renewal and hope and promise that there's a new hope always. Speaking of the hope that we have in Christ, I want to hear a little bit about your faith. How did you come to faith in Christ? I came to faith in Christ I don't know that there was a stark realization. Uh, I had been going or taken to church. I cannot remember a time when I wasn't. And my parents were such staunch Christian. They had absolute faith that regardless of what happened, that God would see them through. And they had gone through some pretty tumultuous times and some hard times, but they came through with a beautiful faith. And One of my earliest memories is walking home from church on Sunday night holding my daddy's hand. And I think that that is something so special that we need to give our children because it stays with them all their lives. Miss Sarah, tell me one thing you love about Mountain Brook Baptist. I love the friendliness, especially the ministry to all of us older people. (laughs) We really appreciate it. And I think we have a wonderful staff 
wonderful music, and it's a beautiful church. Would you share a favorite scripture with us? One of my favorite scriptures is one that describes my father so well, and I think it is a lesson to all of us. It's Micah 6, 8. He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. As we end the podcast today, I just wonder if there is a specific way that you connect with the Lord. Through music. I love music. I love it all from the spirituals to the symphonies to the masses. It all speaks to me, and it's the hymns are just glorious. If you had to pick just one hymn to help us think through today as we go on our about our way, what hymn would you suggest? One of my favorite hymns is Morning is Broken. I love it because it brings back memories of gardening, my mother's garden, the beautiful creation, the beautiful world that we have, and the last verse is, Mine is the sunlight, mine is the morning born of the one light, Eden saw play. Praise with elation, praise every morning, God's recreation of a new day. This to me also seems like a resurrection. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Would you end our time together with prayer? Our Father, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for this wonderful world we have. Help us to take better care of it. Help us to take better care of each other and keep each other fast in our hearts. Bless us and bless this church. Bless all of us in our growth and help us to find you more closely. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen.